This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast. Coming at you on Sirius XM 99 Raw Dog and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. Dan Natterman here with Noam Dorman, owner of the world famous Comedy Cellar with Periel Ashenbrand, our producer, or whatever, uh, whatever you want to call her. And of course, we have Nicole Nikki Lyons, the sound engineer behind the scenes. You probably won't be talking, but she's there. And she is the backbone of this whole operation. Hello and a belated happy Halloween to everybody. I hope it was a good one. Hope it was scary and spooky and all those things. And candy filled. A big week here at the Comedy Cellar, first of all. Uh, um, as many of you may know, uh, comedian SNL alumni Chris Red was assaulted right here at the Comedy Cellar in, in front of uh, just in front of the of the of the club. Uh, I was here, but I didn't see anything, and we wish him uh, obviously a speedy recovery. I, I guess there the the uh, he was he was just somebody just came up and hit him uh, uh, as he was standing outside the club, ready to go on. And I guess there's been no motive determined for for the assault. I know nothing. I mean, I'm not like Colonel Clink. I really I really don't know anything. I I don't know anything. All right. Well. Um, <laughs> I guess there's not a lot to talk about there necessarily. Well, the tabloids are <laughs> well. Some people attributing. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'll, but. I'll tell you something about it. The, 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 one of the websites put down uh, blah 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 blah, and um, we have no. There's no evidence whether or not it was a comedy seller employee or not. I, I call who I, put that down. Uh, uh, they they change it, so I don't want to uh, call them out by name, but like. What? Well, you called him up and said, what the fuck? Yeah, I called him up and I, I tried to get my attorney on him. I was like, where would you, why would you in, inject that kind of right. uh, uh, doubt? There's no, nobody thinks it was a comedy seller employee. <laughs> she said, well, I thought because he was dressed like a security guard. I said, we, our, our guards don't wear uniforms, but even if they did, don't you think we'd know if one of our security guards punched Kelly? Like, it's such a stupid thing to say. Like, it, it just... They, they, do well, anything. they're trying to, you know. Well, they're other people, press will do anything. Other people have speculated that. I mean, one article I read said this happened. They didn't directly say it was linked, but they said this happens. You know, uh, shortly after Chris Red started, it became known that he started dating Keenan's ex-wife or whatever it was. So they're implying perhaps that there was uh, some sort of link there. But um, I think know. that's crazy too. Yeah, just coming up with the stories that, that there's no evidence well, but like to suggest that, one way or the other. More interesting I to mean, like click. I mean, it's clickbait, right? Like it's like, okay, we don't know who did the it. The whole or... story, pouring bleach on him, saying this is MAGA country. I'm not <laughs> buying any of it. <laughs> um, so anyway, I guess he's, he's he seems to be on the road to recovery uh, from what I've read. So. Yeah, I hope so. It's, it's a terrible, I mean, who knows what it was, but whatever it is, it's terrible. Well, it certainly well, seemed like a targeted attack, not some random it, thing. But it, it, I yes, guess, yes. I mean. Yes, well, well, it seems yes, that way. It does, when you say it seems that way, it would imply that you know something about it. I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it seems like from all of my years working at the FBI that if somebody had to know that he was going to go on exactly at that point and was waiting for him here. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Oh, wow. I just don't like to. I mean, (laughs) wow. I I just think that um, 
I don't know, but so many times we've jumped to conclusions about so many stories. We just don't know. We just don't know. But uh, it probably, yeah. I mean, who's going to just punch Chris Red on the street? Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, someone who worked for me got punched on the street not long ago. You know, you hear these But I think they were hanging out here for a while. Like, they were hanging out in wait? I believe so, right? Uh, I, don't I, I don't know. And also that they were dressed like a security guard. Maybe they are a security guard. That's another thing. Hey, he's dressed like a security <laughs> guard. Nobody ever said maybe it was a security guard. Oh, could be. <laughs> not, not from here, but... but. <laughs> no, no, but just like they, they assumed it was not a security guard. Like <laughs> That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> she was dressed up as a nun. Yeah. <laughs> could be. I don't know. It wasn't a nun. Anyway, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I'm feeling very, you know, cynical, but it's a terrible... Our heart goes out to him, and we hope he's okay, you know. I think he's okay. His stitches. Um, speaking of security... Uh, the, the law the law underpunishes violent crime. I mean, uh, you know, if, if they caught the guy who did this to him, unless the guy stole $100,000, they would treat it as a minor thing and let the guy out on the street the next day. I think this is crazy. People are traumatized by these, these violent crimes. And then there was this woman in, in Buffalo. You heard about that? No, nope. forget her name. You know, she had on video that her <clears throat> husband was kicking the shit out of her for like seven or eight minutes. He got arrested. They charged him with some kind of misdemeanor. There's no bail. He got out and killed her. No. Yeah, yeah. It's a big story now. It's probably not probably. I mean, I think with domestic violence, this is something that they worry about more so because domestic violence, often it happens that way. I feel like anybody who puts their hands on anybody should go to jail I, for a certain amount of time. I think they... People underestimate the the risk of violent crime and the trauma of violent crime and the 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 civilizational breakdown that violent crime. Well, caused. hopefully they find the guy. I mean, I assume if it was not a random crime, which it doesn't seem to be, there's a good chance they'll find him. I mean, if they Chris Red obviously would know if indeed somebody out there mean, means him harm, if yeah. he has any enemies, and I'm sure the police have interrogated him, and hopefully... They- I don't know. If somebody was waiting for me, God forbid, and punched me, I wouldn't know who it was. Well... Uh, Why is that? Because so many people want to punch you? No, because I'm sure there are people who would want to punch me for something I said or did or whatever well, it is. And, yeah, and, and I would, and right. I if, it, if it's something that he's politically motivated, right, right. where he said something, uh, tweeted something, or has a stance in his stand-up act, then that would yeah then may, maybe that would be harder to find the guy if that's what it was if it was a personal vendetta then 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 you know then they might be able to find him yeah. or if they have they have an image of him on camera but I believe he's wearing a mask so there's not much to say now I, I have something I want to talk about you have something else on your agenda well I was going to talk about Steve but uh, okay we can talk about Steve well let's talk, let's we'll talk about Steve after this maybe Rachel might want to chime in on Steve um, this attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Yeah, I don't know much about that. But just, just um, give me up to date. Give me up to date, if you would. Well, somebody, uh, a crazy man, conspiracy theory believer, um, <clears throat> was angry at Nancy Pelosi for something political, I'm sure, and and uh, smashed her husband on the head. But anyway, this broke into her house, right? I mean, yeah, yes. it broke into her house ha- and, and hit her husband on, on the head with a hammer. Eighty-two uh, year old man. He, he, fractured his skull or something. It's terrible. So uh, there was all these stories because Elon Musk, I mean, inexplicably, I mean, what he'll never wash this off. Elon Musk tweeted out this conspiracy theory about this being Paul Pelosi's gay prostitute. Like, just just crazy oh stuff. Oh, my God. I can't uh, even. But, uh, and, and on top of that, there's so much about this, but the, 
the most recent thing is the Washington Post had this whole story about the security that they had on, on Nancy Pelosi's house. They have, in, I, I guess it was in Washington, they have a mission control there with the house on camera with alarms. Like, like there's a whole like system set up to protect the homes of... <laughs> They didn't pick up on the guy. They weren't watching. The guy, the guy it's comes outrageous. in. Yeah. So, so well, you know, you think it's, I mean, outrageous, I guess, but it's, it's, it's a, people can't believe this. Like they were like, why don't you have a camera? It is, the difference between executing security and getting a camera is like the difference between me putting a long division problem in front of you and you, and you solving it. Like, it's like, it's so difficult to, to make this stuff work. And this is why people who couldn't believe that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, they're so naive because there's such incompetence in this kind of stuff. Cameras are out. Nobody's watching the camera. If you can believe, and we know it's true, that nobody was watching Nancy Pelosi's home as a guy broke in and smashed the husband over the head with a hammer or whatever it is, you certainly should be able to believe that nobody's watching Jeffrey Epstein's jail cell to see if he was committing suicide. Get it? They're not watching. That's how he committed suicide. The same way Paul Pelosi got killed, that's how Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. So everybody, well, he didn't get killed, Paul Pelosi. And whatever, yeah. Got, got, that's how Jeffrey... So everybody just needs to recalibrate why it is they thought that Jeffrey Epstein couldn't have committed suicide. Well, I don't think you're going to convince any people that thought that because those people are generally conspiracy-minded. I'm not a No, I know a lot of reasonable people I went on. This one, I, I just can't believe he... Yeah. How I'm, could he commit suicide in a cell? They have cameras. Blah, blah, blah. No... I don't even think it was just because of that. I just think that he's, I just don't think he committed suicide. The guy was like, oh, you oh. don't think he committed? No, I don't. We've had this conversation many times. I don't, why do you think he committed suicide? I believe he committed suicide. Yes, because if he didn't commit suicide, there's a lot of people that had to be involved in the murder and cover up. Okay, and, why and, is and that? There, and none of, nobody's talking and nobody, people with the, the prison would have to be involved. The, the people who, who. Not necessarily. The prison wouldn't necessarily. Do you know how many people get killed in jail? Do you know how many powerful people had an interest in Jeffrey Epstein dying and never being able to say a word? Yeah, but, he, but anyway. So, yeah, but he was set up for suicide. He's hanging. He's, he, they found him hanging. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And someone has to get in and out of his cell and hang him. I mean, I mean, first of all, how do you hang somebody that easily without a struggle? Like the whole thing is ridiculous to me. So they could have immobilized him first. Yeah, maybe they they, they might have had like a nerve agent. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they got. And him. then you'd have to get the you have to get the. The, 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 the amount of people would have to be involved. They'd ha the, the autopsy guy would have to be involved. Okay, he, he was paid off. No, 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 that's not true. The autopsy found evidence that it could have been either. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I think one autopsy even implied that it wasn't suicide, but that was Michael Bodden, you know, he's, he's the, the autopsy for hire. Um, Only Noam would know the name of the guy who does autopsies for hire. That, that's because uh, oh, he, was, he, was, he was in the OJ trial. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that. And then something else has been bothering me about this Paul Pelosi. Now, I've been arguing with a friend of mine. He he um, used to be a producer on MSNBC, and I like him. I know he listens to this podcast, and maybe he's right. But I've been very upset with the president of the United States because he came out and he blamed uh, Republican rhetoric for this um, attack. And 
and I'll stipulate that it could have been Republican rhetoric, which uh, brought the temperature up high enough that this crazy person acted on it. But what bothers me is that, did you know, Peril, it's a little news quiz. <laughs> did you know that the that somebody is charged with attempted murder for trying to, for showing up to kill uh, 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 Kavanaugh? Did I know that somebody was, is, is what? Somebody. You know, well, do you know, let's start. Do you know who Kavanaugh is? Shut up. Yes. Go who on. Is he? The rapist judge. Yeah. <laughs> He's a justice of the Supreme <laughs> Court. So um, he had somebody show up at his house with a Glock and zip ties. And by the way, there were headlines about the zip ties here. It harkens back to. Okay. Somebody showed up. He showed up. Somebody showed up outside his house with a Glock gun and zip ties. The police happened to catch him. Yeah. They stopped the guy, and, he's, and he admitted he was there to kill Kavanaugh. Okay. The guy was charged with attempted murder. Doing the Lord's work. Now, uh, don't make jokes like that. So, so... Um, well, is it a, it's attempted murder even though he didn't, he didn't shoot, he didn't get a shot off? That's an interesting question, because also attempted murder, even though the guy who showed up for Pelosi said that he just wanted to break her kneecap. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know how the, the... But be that as it may, they're both charged with attempted murder. Um... It was un- it was covered, but it was undercovered. I mean, almost nobody knows he was charged with attempted murder. Okay. The president did not even comment on it himself. His press secretary went out and said the president strongly condemns this action, whatever it is. And nor did the president comment on what was clearly, uh, you know, just as obvious the case, that it was the rhetoric, anti-Supreme Court rhetoric, which could have led, which certainly did lead this guy to show up at Kavanaugh's house to kill him. And prior to that, actually, they were showing up. They were the people were protesting outside the homes of the Supreme Court justices, and they asked the previous press secretary, Jen Psaki, about it. She said, "Well, that's democracy." And there's a law about protesting outside Supreme Court justices' house, which Merrick Garland didn't enforce. So, you know, I, I think it's absolutely true that the rhetoric is out of control on both sides, and that this can filter down to crazy people who become violent, and people with some self-respect and integrity ought to bear that in mind when they say things. But for the president to not even bother to comment on the Kavanaugh thing, and then now that it happened again, what would it take for the leader of the whole country to say, this is terrible what happened to Pelosi, the rhetoric has got to stop, this remind, this is probably spurred on by the January 6th thing. And by the way, it's not just on that side. We all have to do it because let's not forget that somebody also showed up to kill one of our Supreme Court justices. So the whole country needs to bear this in mind and lower the temperature. Wouldn't a fucking president of all the people say such a thing? Now, maybe I'm resenting it for no reason. No, I think that that's reasonable. I think so. He didn't say anything about Kavanaugh or about Pelosi. Or he said he said a about lot about Pelosi. Pelosi. He said he's, he said he's, what he said. He said righteous stuff about Pelosi. That is terrible. Uh, well, he said some righteous stuff about it, and he and he blamed the rhetoric. And uh, you know, I, I I can't. Nobody can dismiss. There's two questions. One question is whether somebody did something because of rhetoric, and the next question is, does that mean somebody shouldn't have said something? You know. You know, uh, the, Charles Manson was hearing orders to kill in, in the Beatles song Helter Skelter, right? right. So, so, and people, you know, uh, people say high charge things 
and they ought to be able to say highly charged things. London Breed was somebody, you know, we call to arms, we got to fight. You know, and Chuck Schumer said, you know, we're reckoning. But so people say stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know where everybody where might. it crosses over. Yeah, and, what, well, that's not. That's yeah, that's question. not an excuse to. But one thing is for sure: the, the the political temperature is very, very hot. I think it's even more. They're both pretty likely, but given what was going on with Roe versus Wade. Given the fact that Kavanaugh didn't even write that opinion, that was the Dobbs opinion. That was Garland. I mean, uh, 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 Alito, and um, but Kavanaugh was the one who everybody hates. He's the gang rapist. He's you know all these stories about him, all which fizzled, right? So you do. It is likely that all the attacks on him as being a rapist, all the stuff that you're saying now, the Lord, this all in a pressure cooker, and then the Dobbs decision, which he voted for, led to some crazy person traveling cross-country to kill Kavanaugh. That seems totally plausible, right? Okay. Um, and you'd think the president, who is, yeah, he's head of the Democratic Party, but he's also the president of the United States. You wouldn't think it would be pulling teeth for him to say, listen, I'm blah, 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 but this is too much. No, can't say it. Anyway, that's my feeling about it. You just you it's not because you have an affinity for Kavanaugh. You're just saying that because you don't think it's you want it to be fair on both sides. You're saying that Listen, I like Kavanaugh and I kinda like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I don't agree with Nancy Pelosi, but I don't have any hatred of Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Certainly the idea of somebody coming to attack her, let alone attack her husband. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, this is cra- eighty two year old man. No, it's horrible. No, I know. I'm saying it's it's obviously horrible. And and but so is somebody showing up. Just the whole way the stories, something has gone wrong where almost nobody I knew. Yeah, I didn't know about the Kavanaugh story. Yeah, like what is that? It's also a little bit less spectacular because. Well, okay, but let's imagine if somebody showed up outside Katanji Jackson's house with a gun and zip ties. You think you wouldn't have heard about that? Yeah, I probably would have heard about that. Yeah, I think we would. Even if they even if they caught her, caught the guy uh, or her, uh, um Right, right outside. That would be a bigger story. In some way, I'm sure I'm a pretty good, I'm a pretty good uh, grasp of human nature. The people who write for these big outlets, it pains them to write anything or to to give too much energy to a story, which in the end. Is, a, is an indictment of the, the people who are protesting the Dobbs decision. Speaking of it's this hard for them. Supreme Court, isn't there something going on with Harvard and the Supreme Court and your favorite topic? Yeah, uh, they're, affirmative. I, I, they're finally going to end, I believe, they're finally going to end uh, the, the universities using race as a way to keep people out. And to get people in. And to get people in. But th- I think this is more about using it to keep people out. I mean, zero sum, right? But I mean, I, I heard yesterday a report, you know, they, they have these interviews, these holistic things. They have these interviews and they, um, so they, they have test scores, blah, 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 but they, they also want to know all about you. So they interview to see what your personality is like. Asians scored the lowest, having the worst yeah, personality. No, no, but they, you don't know the, the other part. And black people scored the highest. Which is just, isn't it obvious what's going on there? What's going on there? They are trying to uh, 
hedge against the scores and all the grades. So they have an, a, another round of consideration. Personality. That, that lo and behold, the person that the people with the highest scores have the worst personalities. So they can, they can even it all out that way. What are they? How how are you measuring good personality? In an interview with a non-Asian person, obviously, <laughs> because I'm sure the Asian an Asian admissions officer wouldn't rank the Asian person. It's so fucking foul. Yeah, that sounds so horrible. Like, What's funny about Periel is that we've talked about this like five times. We've talked about this so many times that Dan's like, please don't bring this up again. And Periel's reacting to it like the first time she heard it. <laughs> it is the first time I'm hearing it. I mean, I probably zoned out because yes. it's just so. So what's before the Supreme Court that they they cannot use an interview as criteria? Um, I don't really know what the issue, but it's in some way they're just not allowed to use racial quotas. Okay, racial, and I think that's, I think that's right. Uh, the truth is, if they would simply have affirmative action for African Americans, and let's say they wanted to say. I don't think it could. I don't think it could plausibly be the same number of spots as there are black people in the population, only for the reason that we know. Um, this is tragic, what I'm about to say, but we know how the the, the that uh, the public school systems are so horrible. It just you 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 just wouldn't you can't have the kind of forty, fifty, sixty percent of young kids in public schools not being able to read and then expect to have an equal number of the population at Harvard. I, I think that's a stretch. But let's but let's let's say they did. Let's say 10% of the spots at Harvard were going to be for descendants of slaves because of what we did to black people. I, I'm a, you know, I don't I don't I don't I have principled reasons that I might oppose that, but if that worked for the greater group like okay, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, right? Like well, who's getting all bent out of shape about that? Like that's fine. It's the fact that they then are taking a uh, uh, bean counter for every other group. So make let let's have ten percent of the spots for black people, and let's treat the other ninety percent of humans the same, right? I can live with that. But the idea of signaling out Asians because we don't want too many Asians that is so foul. It's un-American. It's exactly what they did to the Jews, and yet Jews are supporting it. You fucking Jews. Well, I, Aunt Kanye was right. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I assume some are supporting it, some are not supporting. Oh, well, Jews support these liberal. I just feel politics. like if somebody had been taking personality into account when I was applying for college, I probably would have gone to a much better school. Get doing something <laughs> under the table is not <laughs> a personality very. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's a question of how much is going to a better school. At the end of the day, going to benefit you if you if you're not if you're not qualified to do the work while while you're there. Well, maybe you learn how to. Maybe you become more qualified. And also, as we all know, a lot of that you know having connections is very helpful. Having access to things. Look, it's not race that it. People who are disadvantaged, people who overachieve for their profile in life, as a, in other words. Rich, private school, tutors, gets this grade. Uh, working class, broken home, poor Mississippi. Notice I didn't lousy public schools gets almost the same grade. It's totally reasonable to say, you know what, we're going to weight that lower grade as equal or better than this person who had a silver spoon in his mouth. That That's totally, who could argue with that? 
doesn't require race. Right. And and if if um, black people are overrepresented in that pool of people who's given special dispensation because they've had a, a more difficult background, then that's fine. Like I don't think I don't think there's anybody who objects to that. But my kids are not white, right? My kids are mixed race. Is there any reason anybody can come up with where my kids ought to get extra uh, allowance when they apply to a school? It's crazy. I mean, I hope they get it. Don't get <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely not marking white on their well, college again, At the end of the day, I don't know how big a difference it's going to make long term to instead of getting it instead of going to Harvard, they got to go to Michigan or Penn. I mean, I don't know how big a difference. It's a big difference. Do you think? Yeah, I think it's a big difference. No, I mean, I think there aren't too many people on Harvard who came up coming out of Harvard who are turning down small offers. It, it's now there's a great middle of universities where maybe it's not that clear, but the very, very top schools, I think it's, I think it's a big difference. By the way, Dershowitz said on his show that uh, he only got in the 94th percentile. Is it percentile or percentile? Well, is it percentile or what? How do you pronounce the word? I pronounce it percentile. 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 He only got in the 94th percentile on his LSATs. Dershowitz. Yeah. What? How did you think you could have pronounced that? Per- Percentile? Percentile. What, who ever heard of that? Well, I've never heard anyone. Pers- I, I, you know maybe. what it is? <laughs> I tell you, I said it that way when I was like, in the second grade, when I first read it, yeah, and it always and then my I was corrected. I, I and I know it's percentile, but that mispronunciation has stayed with me my entire life. It's always like, wait, say it again, because <laughs> just say it, percentile, and then say your version of it, percentile. <laughs> uh, okay, both of them are. We we know what you're getting at, but um. So, what so you're saying, Dur- 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 what are we getting at? Well, anyway, so, so Dershowitz, so you expected him to be 99, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And he went to Harvard Law. He uh, went to Yale. I went to Yale. He graduated first in his class. But All right. so, so what does that tell us? You know, it's pretty interesting that he didn't have a stellar LSAT. It's stellar, you know, 94th percentile. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good, isn't in it? Your family. But, but, <laughs> but first in his class at Yale, you would think it would be higher. No, I, well, I, no, I didn't, I meant that. In terms of his accomplishments and being the youngest criminal law professor in the Ivy League in his like in terms of his intellectual firepower and accomplishments, you would have thought he'd be at the very top of testing, but he wasn't. And that, so it made me think that A, there's a bigger margin of error on these tests than we realize, and that maybe, but more importantly, it made me think that for every discipline. There's only so much intelligence you need before the law of diminishing returns kicks in, meaning that legal reasoning is not that hard. It's not quantum physics. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I always said that. I don't think yeah. being a lawyer is that tricky necessarily. So you need no, but to be a great lawyer, you need to be smart. Yeah. But probably being smart enough to get in the 94th per- per- percentile <laughs> on the LSATs is good enough. Is good enough to be able to. Uh, allow you to understand 100% of the challenging things in the law. But the same kind of score on a, a, a STEM admissions test, or whatever, would never get you near a physics lab and be able to contribute. It might, it might get you near a physics lab, but, but it wouldn't get you to the very highest echelon. To be able to contribute to like It wouldn't get, get you yeah. to Stephen Hawking. Level. Yeah, no, it just wouldn't. You need to be uh, top maybe top 10th of 1% to make breakthroughs. In yeah, le- legal concepts aren't really that hard. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it's right. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, as you said, quantum physics. Yeah. Now I bought quantum physics for dummies. Um, is there such a book? Yes, there is, and it's a dummies book for everything. And I I've been trying to read it. And I guess I'm not a dummy because I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> well, if you can't, there's no such thing as quantum physics for dummies. Uh, it, dummies it, shouldn't be studying quantum physics in the first place. Or so as my joke is, this quantum physics for dummies should just be open it up and says, you're going to have to cheat. <laughs> I wanted it dumbed down. But like it, talks about, it talks about particles and waves and uh, light well, is both a particle and a wave. I'm supposed to understand well, what a particle and a well, wave well, is. And well, then they give uh, formulas. Stephen and, Hawking wrote a book called A Brief History of Time. It was supposed to be the layman's guide to whatever that is, you know, astrophysics, and it, it was incomprehensible, you know, to me anyway, and I'm not dumb. Uh, so, you know, uh, I would imagine it's incomprehensible to many people. Periel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just waiting. You know, it's like about gluons and then spinning, and I don't know, but it's, 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 you can't, there's no easy way to explain um, the origins of matter, the, you know, the, the workings of the universe. You know, some things just aren't meant for the lay population. All the matter in the universe, including time, by the way, was contained in a ball of mass the size of the head of a pin. And then it exploded, and it continues and, and created an infinite universe. It makes perfect sense. Who couldn't understand it's that? Well, I don't, first of all, I don't know that the universe is necessarily infinite. They, they, that's not a... Uh, that's not An, an a, infinitely a, expanding universe. Well, so how could you not Well, some people energy. think the universe is infinite, and some people think it's not infinite. You keep going far enough, you come back to the other side. Uh, wait, what's that, Pearl? So then how could you not believe in energy? What do you mean? He does believe in energy. No, he doesn't. We've talked about this with souls and energy. Oh, you're talking about uh, souls. <laughs> energy is not the same thing. Well, I don't know. That's debatable. Some people say it is, that there's energy comprised in your body, and when you die, that energy still exists. Well, but there is something in well, The energy still exists, but you're, you're saying something else. Wait, wait, wait. There, there is, there is <laughs> no one some, doesn't even want to there is something engage in, you in there. Is, no, I do, but there is something in quantum physics, and it is actually related to what you're saying. I know. There is something in quantum physics about taking a, um, an atom or something and, and sending it off to two different parts of the universe, and somehow... If you measure the rotation on this atom, that measurement will then affect the rotation on the other atom that's in a totally different, as if they're somehow connected in some way. Right, that's what I've been saying. In a way that classical physics that's can't not what you've been can't explain. Well, no, it's not what she's saying, but it, it certainly opens the door to the idea not really, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> but in some sense, it opens the door to the idea that something can be totally beyond our ability to comprehend. Well, that's for sure. Obviously, we can't comprehend these things. It doesn't necessarily mean that the explanation is God. But my question is, if, if you think that your soul lives on an energy, which version of your soul? Is it when you're a baby? Is it when you're in your 20s? Is it when you have dementia? Like, what, like, it's a, like what, what exactly... What, what will I be when I leave this mortal coil? That's a good question. I hadn't thought of that, had you? No, I have thought of that. Oh. I think that, um, you know, it's it's not when you're a baby, though. I think it's... But if we exist... Now, did you exist before you were a baby? Well, the Jews think that you did. Do you, do you, so it's a reincarnation? Well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how, what I, I mean, a lot of, you so, know. So most souls waiting in heaven are Chinese? <laughs> I'm just asking you what you think. 
I don't think that most souls in heaven are Chinese. Yeah, this is a classic thing, Dan, because there are people out there, like you, you and I are different. You start with something and you can't help but thinking it through in a certain way. Well, if I believe that, <laughs> then this means that it must be blissful. <laughs> <laughs> To be able to say, I believe in energy and just stop. Like that, that's, that's all I need. I believe in energy. La di da. The expression of Dan's face well, is priceless. Well, it's like, you know, Woody Allen was talking about, you know, how he, you know, Woody Allen was talking about going to a party and meeting people that are just, they believe in God and he's like making fun of them. But then again, but then again, you know, they're probably happier than me. Yeah. So, so who, who wins? <laughs> well, there's also that sort of adage that says, you know, when you die, you're not sad when you die. It's just everybody else. Well, but that, who's... Okay. But that I'm not sure that's related to. <laughs> well, let me finish. Instead, it's the same thing when you're stupid. It's just, you don't know you're stupid. Just every, you're just making Everyone everybody else else's okay, okay. All, right, all right. That's related. <laughs> that was smart. <laughs> all right. So that's all I have to say about the, the week. We're, we're waiting on Rachel Feinstein. I think a lot of people really think that they're gifting people with their daily Facebook thoughts. Like they really think they're stepping up onto some sort of like a Facebook balcony and just doling these, this brilliance out to all the peasants, you know, like there's some sort of a Lord, like here you are, you're welcome peasants. Now you know how to think, I'll lead you. It's always some pointless bullshit too. There's this one guy and his, his Facebook statuses infuriate me. His last status, he just wrote, we need to put an end to genocide once and for all people. <laughs> That's what he gave us. I'm like, thank you so much for your controversial stance on genocide. <laughs> I was staunchly pro-genocide before I read your shattering Facebook expose. <laughs> he has no idea I'm in this rage cycle with his Facebook page. Like every morning I get up, I don't even remember how I know him. I think we might've worked at a pizza place together when I was like 15. Now, literally every morning I leap to his page before even brushing my teeth. And I'm like, what the fuck is it now, Kevin? Oh, I will say this. So I had a, I had a, I think I could say this. I had a conversation with my uh, trans friend, one of my, one of my trans friends. I'm not virtue singing, but I have, <laughs> I have a few trans friends. Um, and she was, uh, I noticed she was um, being forgetful and she was like all concerned about um, the forgetfulness. And um, I was like, well, what about the fact that you're taking testosterone blockers? And she's like, yeah, I have zero testosterone. And I'm um, like, well, you know, low, one of the classic symptoms of low T, if you watch any commercial or is, is uh, forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it is. I'm like, Yes, there's, there's all sorts of symptoms of, of low T, like being sluggish and, and feeling run down and forgetfulness and, and having trouble focusing. Didn't your doctor discuss any of these with you as they're giving you 100% testosterone blockers? She's like, she's like, no. And I just thought that was wrong. Not that she shouldn't take it. I'm just not, that's not, not even my point. My point is that it, it's heavy medicine, right? It's like, it's, it's not a woman who has no, uh, I mean, not a biological woman who has no testosterone. It's a trans woman who has no testosterone. And you'd think that they would at least be informed of the likely side effects of blocking 100 Well, let's get her doctor on the show. I would love to, but you, you follow me? Like, yeah, I'm following so I'm like, you. I'm, so I'm like telling her, hi, Rachel. I was telling her like, don't worry about your forgetfulness. It's not dementia. 
It's not uh, cognitive decline. It's probably just that you're taking testosterone blockers. I don't know. Are there any doctors out there? I'm sure that's like, so I even Google to make sure. It's like you, it's like nobody even discusses that with them. All right, well, that's well, not, well, we should, something we should get into with a doctor because it could be something we're missing or maybe not. But that's an interesting question missing. that we should, if we explore. can, fi- explore. Uh, Rachel Feinstein, Hello. Hi, I thought you guys were talking about me at first because I'm like shedding debit cards every week. I'm not, in a, I'm, I'm forgetting everything. Have you checked your testosterone level? My testosterone <laughs> is fucking low. But women don't How have any, be do women have that? any testosterone? Yeah, they have some. Yeah. I think we have a whisper. Okay. And actually they say that um, testosterone is responsible for sex drive in women. I've heard, I've read that. I don't know. Really? That, yeah. I, I will, I do notice that guys under my videos online um, say a lot of lovely things. One of them is man voice wouldn't, wouldn't fuck her because of the man voice. So that <laughs> always stays with me and it's really helpful and it makes me feel good. <laughs> That's not true. That's not the reason. I read all my comments. Some guy named Mr. Twat Waffles said that like seven years ago and it still haunts me. You. Yeah. Well, you man probably voice. shouldn't read all your comments. You can't do it. So, can you introduce Rachel? Rachel Feinstein. Rachel Louise Feinstein. Do we have a formal intro for her? I don't know. She's a comedy My seller regular. My used to sing a song. I could sing I know. I, know I so brown, cheeks so round, lips like cherry wine. Everybody stop beating off. The sweetest girl I know in town is Rachel Louise Feinstein. That's amazing. I know. Um, Feinstein. Yes, Feinstein. And yeah, he said Feinstein. He always says it wrong. Yeah. It, it, was it Feinstein? Yes. Yes. Feinstein. But nobody pronounces it that way. Everybody that introduces you here says half the people say it wrong. What's the point of bothering? You're going by Artie. I think everybody says Rachel Feinstein. Right. I everybody when generally speaking, when you're discussed, it's Rachel Feinstein. Fine is wine. The, the good news is you're discussed in a very positive way, even okay. if your name is mispronounced. The reason I asked. Uh, Perry, I'll to invite Rachel on is because Rachel always has been funny, but I believe has in recent, whether it's months or years, but I would say maybe Weeks. the past year <laughs> has reached a new level. It's Rachel 2.0. And, and I'm not the only one who says this. That's not true. I mean, I mean that is true. That's, that is that that is that is everybody. In, in all seriousness, everybody says that Rachel's on fire these days. Oh, really? That's absolutely true. That that like get me through the weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I needed that. And 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 it, a lot of it's to do with uh, the material that she has about being married and uh, her, her very firefighter stuff helps. Uh, the uh, her her relationship and the contrast between you and your husband, which I invite you to if you want to summarize what <laughs> what that uh, contrast is. Well, my family is like, a, you know, aggressively liberal. I talk about it on stage. My mom would have preferred probably if I married like a Nigerian lesbian than an Irish Catholic fireman. Um, but and his family. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's political without being political because but like they, you know, I come from like Jewy over shares, you know, like they talk about like purchases, like what you got at Costco or what you got to get at Costco. Like they talk. They, they you talk mean about your crypto, husband's family, my husband's family and the firefighters. Yeah. I mean, you were, you know at my wedding and, and, and you were there. I think like, um, at the, my dad, he didn't even give me a wedding toast. It was just like a speech about immigration. He didn't mention it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He, well, he remember was a, that? It was a speech that. about... Immigration. He didn't mention me or Pete once. <laughs> it was a speech about diversity. Yes, diversity. Well, he, what he, the fuck he, does that have to do with me getting married, Dad? <laughs> Jesus. He did mention that you went married an Irish person, and so did, I think, your he brother. Like, We've got people from everywhere. We have Colombia. This is what America's about. I'm like, Dad, this is a, about a wedding. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what I remember from your wedding, most of all, was Sherrod. 
He gave did. a very good speech. He oh did. my God. Yes. Yeah, off, off the top of his head. He was very good, right? At one I point, Sherrod stood up and he's like, I remember when I was, he looks at my brother because I was roommates with Sherrod for years. And he's like, I remember when I was roommates with Rachel. You were in baby pajamas. You were in PJs, footy PJs to my brother. Who's like a grown man now, which wasn't true. He was a grown man then. But he was like, he got up in the middle of the, in the middle of the wedding. I'm like praying my mother-in-law doesn't understand half of this, you know, because people are speaking so fast. And in the middle of his speech, she goes, I, how many of your friends did I fuck? How many of your friends did I fuck, Rachel? And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then he goes, stand up if I fucked you. Stand up if I fucked you. And then Todd Papa slowly stood up and he was like, mm. Judy Gold stood up. She's like, well. Uh. That was so funny. But so can I tell you something? This maybe, you know, we can cut anything out you want here. I don't care. Um, but uh, maybe I won't care. One of the things I, I, I really like about your relationship with Pete, although who he, he's the greatest guy ever, you know, and he makes all of us feel like little girls. Because, <laughs> You've said that before, but I, I don't feel that he makes me feel like a little girl. Oh, he makes me feel like a little girl because I've never, I've never even had a fight. I've never been tested in terms of bravery in any way. Right. And this fucking guy is anxious to run into a burning building to save strangers. He doesn't even know what color they are. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. And, <laughs> but, 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 um, uh, but what I like about it is that I don't know his politics, but I know he's a fireman. So he, he, if he's not pro Trump, he's Trump adjacent. And he's certainly not, he's certainly not offended by Trump because you know, you, you can't be offended by people who support Trump and be in that profession so which is as it should be because people you know people are he's not political really he's like i mean he's like he probably is like more libertarian but like he doesn't really you know it's hard for me to scream at him though about voting because he's a technical hero so i can't be like you need a vote like and it's like he's also gonna go like save people but i try try to push him to like but the fact that you're comfortable with with those and i and i'm i don't know what is it's my type like i talk about on stage like a thick neck working class you know well, yeah, and, and that his family's probably some of them got to be pro-Trump. There's no way a firefighter. Why are you so excited? Well, because that I'll get, pro, I'll get this. Maybe because, pro-Trump. No, because and then Amy is a very good friend of yours. Yes, and Amy hates Trump, hates Trump, right. and yet the whole lot of you get along with a lot of warm. Everybody can get around fire, and Amy was yeah. at the firehouse the other day. Yeah, yeah and, she, and, I, and I just, I just think that speaks well of all of you. I just like that. I, mm. I, I don't. I'm just, I've always. I've seen that dynamic, and I said, "Well, that, I just think that's really that should be listened to everybody." Yes, I do feel like that. I feel like that is a lot of the special. It's that. It's like a lot of the way we communicate without being overtly, commu- you know, political. Because I'm just not. I'm not a good. I don't write political jokes. I can't really do that. Um, but we can. We come from just opposite, very opposing perspectives. You know what I'm saying? And like, I mean, my dad. <laughs> running to a, a, a like a burning building my dad has a never-ending sinus infection like he can't, <laughs> he can't fix it like he's not how to operate a fuse box but, but your father was a civil rights lawyer which takes some degree of, of bravery of bravery, certainly but he doesn't have like that physical bravery you know like right. it's just a different set of things that were discussed at my dinner table than in his you know what i'm saying like it's a whole nother fucking world yeah it's chewy like, bravery yes yeah exactly it's a different style of bravery yeah. but it's like he was but you know what they're a lot like comics firefighters because like they are besides the fact that we're the real heroes <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> i'm such a twat i'm like but we're like the same really we're like narcissists in there you know but i mean no but i mean like they get on you know they work these weird hours 
they have this weird insular community that nobody else understands but themselves. Like, like if you walk into the firehouse kitchen, it's like the same energy as just like some drunk twat walking up to the comedy cellar table. Like it's like they're there. It's like the the chemicals change when a civilian walks up. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And it's the same like when a non comic comes up because we have this weird life that nobody else quite understands, and it's very similar. And also that like comics, there's no. PC like you could say anything to each other and they don't right. give a shit so right. in that way they're a good fucking hang yeah. fireman you know and I'm aroused by most of them well, I also <laughs> think that you get like a pass if you're a fireman yeah right like you're there's no like defund the firefighter right. movement exactly yeah. so I mean, it's the political thing it's like if you're a cop and you have those politics it's dicey but if you're a fireman or a firefighter and you do it's like it's like what Rachel said you're, you're a technical hero yeah, it's hard to argue about. And we did once, we had an argument because um, <laughs> on our honeymoon, I was like, you can, I was arguing with him about the window seat. And I'm like, it's like the ultimate sacrifice if I gave you the window seat. <laughs> and he's like, it's not the ultimate sacrifice. I'm like, yes, it is. The window seat to Bali? He's like, it's not. <laughs> Do you remember all the pussy that firemen had thrown at them after 9-11? Oh my God, a surplus of puss. And some of them just got on. They didn't deserve it. That was like back puss owed to the other guys. It was crazy. Insane. That wasn't a good time to date a fireman. I mean, you got to wait till that puss storm is over. Yeah, yeah. No reasonable man could not jump into that puss ring. It was crazy. <laughs> well, I remember. I've never seen that. Was like the that. perception? I I wasn't hanging around firemen, so I don't know what exactly. <laughs> like on the street, that. you'd see it on the street. Yeah, you could. Well, what it was you crazy. I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. My friend, I don't know if you know Irene Bremis. She's hilarious, yeah. Yeah. gorgeous, of of really I'm funny. She she's the one that set you up with your husband. She introduced me to Pete, and I was hanging out at steakhouses because I thought men hang out at steakhouses. <laughs> well, they do. I've advised women to go to steakhouses like single That's friends. a good policy. Yeah. She was with the steakhouse bar with me and she was like, sweetie, this is getting a little old, sweetie. We gotta... <laughs> she was like, I'll get you a fireman if you want because I was just hanging out at steakhouse bars like leering at strangers. Wait, how did she know Pete? Her her, her husband is a retired firefighter. Oh, that's right. And okay, I knew that. He, um, he actually named... Um, his his he had a pizza place around the corner that closed down in COVID, sadly. But he named it after one of the firefighters, Fury, that died in nine eleven. And um, he was uh, and Pete, um, he was you know close friends with him and um, had been retired for years. And uh, and his his son, he's a lot older than Irene, and his son is around our age, so he worked with Pete. So he just texted. You know, his son, like, can you get a firefighter for Rachel? <laughs> and they texted me, like, two options back pretty fast. Periel asks questions sometimes. And I think, I think, I, I think to myself, she must know something. Like, this, she's got to be, it's got to be a leading question because this, this is not a kind of question that the audience, like, it's like so, it's so, like, minute and detailed about how did you, I said, Periel must know that there's some good backstory here. Yeah, it's like, an interesting no. story. <laughs> well, not just, just like <laughs> page like 472 of some fucking legal dossier. <laughs> so, so Rachel, when, when, I, when I listen to your Well, act, here's how I just, uh, just sorry, one more thing about what you're asking about how we met. Here's how I was described to Pete. This is better. His okay. buddy calls him up and he goes, how would you like to meet a semi-famous Jewish jokester? That was the... Have you <laughs> heard of Lesser Yeah, Miles I think you said that during your speech at the wedding. Your, your yeah. vows or something. Yeah. How you brought that up. And that's Jewish true. jokester. Yes, that's that's joke. how I was described. And, and he then, was like, I'm in. He's like, yeah, why not? I thought it was kind of interesting. I was like, did you watch my stand-up? He didn't. He's like, eh, nah, I didn't watch it. Now, around <laughs> the house, uh, if I didn't know he was a firefighter, would I see a kind of at ease with fire 
that that surprised <laughs> me like when he cooks or when he makes stars like like no yeah they are like fire cocky so they don't give a shit and i'm like that's dangerous but they're like they have like cockiness because they're firemen he lights a candle by taking a fucking paper towel and putting it in flame i probably shouldn't say this but anyway he'll walk it over to a candle I'm like you can't do that he's like yeah because he knows he can put it out. oh my god that's amazing that's a good question yeah. you see that's- yes. <laughs> they're like they're like i'm not worried about a fire like i can handle a fire <laughs> what are you worried about sweetie? he's like i could i could put that out with the can well, that's does what, he that's have what his, the, uh, what's it called um extinguisher yes yeah. the can he's like put it out with the can if i had to like, but he doesn't have point. he doesn't have his equipment at home does he have his like uh you know the the, the oxygen tank and the mass he doesn't have that at home if, if no he, he has his the gear, apartment he has his gear at home a lot because he moves around to different firehouses he finally just got like a regular spot but so he does have his gear at home a lot and we got bunker gear for frankie my daughter so she's wearing her gear downstairs what does bunker gear mean we i got her a little jacket like a foia foia jacket with his That's name on the back so cute my daughter yeah, i've seen that and i think your instagram reels <laughs> but when i watch your act i say to myself this is funny but how the fuck is this marriage possibly going to work well he drives me insane that's why i have a, like a lot of material because i'm pulsing with fury at him all the time but you drive him insane too i'm sure yes she won't leave him if it's good for her act no <laughs> the, i mean the material is really good cling on to yeah. him with a whole floor. well you because can... emotionally he's a desert you know what i mean like this is what it feels like to be married to a first responder you know like when you you watch like forensic files and you hear those 911 calls and the woman's like he's chasing me like there's a man he's gonna kill me he's got a fucking knife he's gonna kill and the woman's like ma'am ma'am your address, ma'am. Like, that's what it feels like because <laughs> they don't like attend to you emotionally because they're used so to dealing be with yelling like, at him and he's saying, ma'am, calm down. I'm like not so much of a yeller, <laughs> but I'll be like, do you not understand how that would make me feel? You know? And he's just like, he doesn't like, get it. What's oblivious. Feeling? Like I was about to go on stage. It was Amy's Netflix special. So I'm like about to go on stage for the Netflix special. I'm like, you need to send me something. Like you've got it. He forgets. He doesn't, you know? So I'm about to go on stage. He sends me something. I'm like, I can't open this. What is it? I figured it'd be like, a picture of a flower. I'm like, well, it's something. It's a step. Obviously, he should have sent actual flowers. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I can't open this. I'm about to go on for the Netflix special. What is it? He goes, gas bill. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's what it feels like. And don't worry, I just took a COVID test. It's not COVID. I'm losing my voice. Um, Mm. A gas bill. That's gas amazing. Bill. That's that's what it feels like. And and maybe we should just get him on. What what uh what what's has he had uh what's the close has he been injured? Has he been burned? Has he God forbid No, he hasn't been burned. He went into a bad <clears throat> fire recently. His one eighteen is firehouse. Um and uh, a friend of his was was burned, but he was fine. He's okay. He burned his ears a little bit. <clears throat> that was a scary fire. That was probably the first one he's been in where I've been worry because he always facetimes my daughter in the morning i mean he wasn't facetiming i'm like yeah he always fa-. as soon as he had a kid it was like i figured out that <clears throat> that like he loved her so much more than me because he would like <laughs> race home for the firehouse all of a sudden be every reason he had to stay there yeah we have a coffee you know, hanging out but i was like if he doesn't pick up something's up and and he, and he was at a fire that i then i google usually right that's FDNY, what i was gonna say your questions are all about do you know what it feels like for her to be married to somebody who's doing such dangerous things that's a good question <laughs> wait so you were going to criticize the home's question first because yeah. he's just well, asking what is, what about is Pete. the what is the jet the danger compared to police officers in terms of uh, death and injury on the line of duty for a fireman versus a cop. Uh, they say the fisherman is actually the most dangerous. No, I actually looked up, <laughs> like, this is what I do. Like, <laughs> Commercial I fish? a fire just to terrorize myself because I am a neurotic Jew. I looked up, like, most dangerous jobs, and it's like, 
yeah, truckers, more dangerous, like weird things you wouldn't think about. I, I believe that fire over the years has become much, much safer than it used to be because, first of all, there's way fewer fires and the technology to fight them is much well, they better. complain about that too. No, they'll be like, they'll be like, <laughs> Manhattan, no good jobs, too many fucking sprinklers. Yeah. He's like, too many sprinkles, Manhattan. We don't get any good jobs anymore. So they go, Brooklyn burns. They love working in Brooklyn because it burns uh, more. Years ago, in the Fat Black Pussycat, the, the sprinklers saved the, one of the one of the waiters who you all know uh, threw a cigarette uh, in the trash can and left the place, and the place caught on fire. But the sprinklers put the whole thing out. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it is nerve-wracking for you. You do get nervous when he goes to work. And then she is. She's, like, Googling fires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I you get used to it like anything else. But but if 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 I know that he is in a fire, yeah, I'm nervous while he's in yeah, a fire. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. freaking out. Yeah. I'm, like, looping. And, and, and it's weird that I don't have more updates available to me than just Googling FDNY fire <laughs> again, <laughs> again. But that's what I do until I... And then... Uh, and I'll text different people to see if they're working or if they've gotten word or whoever the house guy is. Actually, one time I was here and I ordered wings to bring to the firehouse. And um, I get all the way there and uh, they're like, oh, he's downtown. I'm like, where? He's like, he's at the Trade Center. I'm like, he's at the fucking Trade Center? Why? You know? And it was like, this is before we had a kid. It was like two in the morning. I So I like... I cab down there. I was freaking out. You guys, there was all these firemen and cops and everything just like all around. You couldn't get anywhere. Well, you mean by the Trade Center. You mean Freedom Tower. Freedom the old Trade Center. Tower. Freedom Tower. Sorry. The Freedom Towers. They're like, he said the Freedom Towers. So <laughs> you can't even see. It's like a rose of cops and firemen. I'm like weeping. I'm like, I have the wings, by the way. I was holding on to the wings the entire time, but it's like, because they're fucking good. I'm holding on to the wings. I'm like, where's my husband? Turns out he was doing a drill. Oh. A middle of the night drill that they don't announce. I just realized I don't know if I should to say that. I'll ask him later. But like they didn't announce it. So that's why I'm like, I can't figure out. There's no news about this. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Nobody's answering me. And then he gets out covered in like soot and he's complaining. He's like, about the actors. He's like, this guy is fucking dragging his feet. I'm like, dude, you're not De Niro. I got to go to bed. Let's fucking keep it moving. He thinks it's his big break because they have actors in the tunnel. They reenact these scenes. So they like, do? Prep themselves. Yeah, they have actors. It's whole big things. But you're right. It is much safer because they're much more ready for, and their communication is better and, you know. But, uh, and again, I'm like weeping. He's like, yeah, what, what's wrong with you? He's like, oh, he's a girl. Like, didn't even notice. I'm like fully <laughs> sobbing. He's like, I just blue cheese in there. He's like, gotta be good. <laughs> one day Tina like that. Like, they have good food at the fires. I know from the very, very once or twice when I performed at, at for a firehouse, because sometimes I'll do shows at firehouses, and I'm not the go-to firehouse comic. You know, they usually like a rich <laughs> boss would be more, or a Robert, Ke a Robert Kelly would be more of your, <laughs> would be more of a guy that might perform for firemen. But, but the couple times I've done it, uh, I love that Natter announced that. At least you're self-aware. But 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 the, but they do have but it's like the, they have excellent food. The the, the times that I've they been. can all cook because they have to cook the first two years. You always see them in grocery stores because they're always grocery shopping. Really, my, my mind is wandering about this. You know, I, I made that like a, a, a bad joke. He doesn't even know what color they are. But I was thinking that you know it's it's interesting that a fireman. <clears throat> this is not with, with regard to Pete. That a fireman will risk his life for any human. We're absolutely regardless of color or anything like that, mm -hmm. right? And I believe they will do that even if they have bigoted beliefs. 
It's, is it, you know, I, I, I mean, my husband also, he's Colombian. So he's not like, he's pretty in the, his, it's pretty diverse now. So in terms of that, no, I'm, 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 bigotry, I'm, I don't really see I'm, it. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm excluding him because I, because I know him, but I'm, but I know, but firemen in general, you're going to have a certain percentage of firemen, like everybody in the population, but maybe more in a, in a professional, like maybe not, but let's just say, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, people who are bigots, who are firemen, and there's some of them, right? It's somehow interesting to me that they will still, I'm sure, risk their lives to save any human. It's just this little, this, it's just interesting about humans, like they're contradictory in a certain way. I don't know what I'm saying. Like I said, well, it's part of their job. But, and, yeah. and, you know, maybe not. I actually just read an also, article. Also, there's a lot of the firehouses themselves are really diverse. Like when Amy came by the firehouse the other day, the girl that was doing the drill, the, the woman, female firefighter, black female firefighter, which is amazing. Well, there was a scene similar to this that brought this out. It just occurred to me in that movie. I feel it was Much called Race or something with mm-hmm. Matt Dillon, where he played the racist cop. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the movie. The name of the movie wasn't Race. I think it was. I remember the movie you're talking about. It was, it was, I think it had a one word name like that. Like anyway, and Tra- maybe it was Traffic. Maybe it's Traffic. And, he, and was, no, Traffic was about the drug deals. Anyway, whatever it was, and he was he was a racist, like a badly racist cop. Right. And then this black girl is in the car accident, and the and the fire is coming towards the gas gas tank. And he risks his life to save the girl yeah. in the in the car, and it was, yeah. it was exactly that thing. Like it, was, it brought out the the, the humanity. Yeah, the, and the, yeah, just the contradic- the contradictoriness of it all. Right. I don't know. I, I do f- also cut feel that like out. Cut this whole thing out in the call. I, do I shouldn't like- think out loud. <laughs> but it's interesting, no? Well, I think it's because t- duty is Trump's personal feelings. You know, the the, the last thing they want to yes. be is a coward or a shirker. Also, that, like, that, 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 of, that, that is worse to them than... Also, like, there's also a difference between just person. I know what you're trying to say, but, like, feelings and being just bigoted. Like, also, how evil do you have to be that you don't... You would, like, save well, somebody people that might skin have skin color. Yeah. I'm also not sure you're right. Like, I feel like probably there are cops or whoever that are like, yeah, no, I don't give a shit about those... Cop, cops are totally different. I, I don't know about cops because cops, I can understand less holy motives for wanting to be a cop. Cops may enjoy the power, God forbid, the bullying. The, the, there's a lot of things about being a cop which could be appealing to a person with a, that was coming from a bad place. <clears throat> Firefighting, to me anyway, is a selfless profession. You don't, you don't get off on any kind of sadistic or anything like that. You are there to save lives by risking your own life, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a hell of a thing. It's just, you know, so. It is, yeah. yeah. And it's also, yeah, it's insane. I mean, I can't approach. I mean, know. I don't know if that's necessarily the motivation for every fireman to get into it. They might want the adventure. They might think it's a good job with the, the pension. The ass, the ass. They might, you know, the th- there's probably a lot of reasons. Mixed motivation, but 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 I can't come up with it. It's a, a thrilling, exciting job. It's different. Yeah, the that. adrenaline. But I, I, will, can't, I can't come up with a bad motivation for being a fireman. I, I will say this. They love their jobs. If you <laughs> they did, sorry, a report in Bloomberg of the top 10 most satisfied workers in America and firefighters are in the top 10. They just wow. love being firefighters cuz they get they get they get such great feedback on their jobs and it's exciting, you know? And you're saving lives. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's got to be fantastic. Laughter save li- la- laughter saves lives. Well, I don't think we're in the top uh, I doubt we're in the top. <laughs> you're right about narcissists. Satisfied people. <laughs> um, my, my laughter saves lives too, right? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I thought you were talking about John Lasser. 
like, he was a fireman. I was just like, maybe I should have already known this so I can say anything. <laughs> laughter saves lives. Alaska. Oh, laughter. I thought you said lasser. I'm glad we... <laughs> <laughs> it said laughter saves lives. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, what were you going to say, Natty? Forgot. I mean, they're different. They're, they're, it's a whole cr- insane world. and they're, But he definitely gives me a lot of um, material because emotionally, yeah, he's like oblivious. Completely oblivious. And that's what you... Like, he boarded a plane once without me. <laughs> I'm like, Pete, what the fuck? <laughs> this is what you attribute your... You know, like, your... Uh, I don't know, the tear that you're on in terms of killing. Thank you. I'm just happy you said that. I don't know what I think. I'm just, I'm glad the material, he does give me a lot of material. I think they give, they give a lot because it's like this entirely different world crashing into my world because a lot of my life now is a lot of this stuff because he's going to be achieved soon. It becomes very, you know, intense. It's like, I I got these, like, you know, I go to these FDNY Staten Island, like dinner dances all the time and, you know, there's always like functions. And here I am, this loud Jewish comic. Like I'm not, you know, like they could Google me and just know that say things. So, like I am not in that world at all. So I mean, and now I am. But but how do you, but when you go to these events and you interact with the other firewives, and I know you say on stage <laughs> that that's not a word that they actually use. But, Fire um, twats. But, but, but I mean, do you get along with these people? Or you just, you know, is it, is it difficult or, uh, uh, you know, annoying for you or it's not like you, uh, comics like i feel most at home with comics i'm an animal i just blurt out crazy things these are like better women than me like they run a tight ship you know like a lot of them are like nurses and they you know and they like they know how to like fold a fitted sheet i'm like an animal i'm a comic <laughs> you know like so and and definitely often like one of the only Jews in the room for sure but um but we have that weird thing in common too you know that we're both pretty annoyed with our husbands <laughs> No, but we both have the same risk and that same life. So it's like, in a weird way, I also connect to them in a way I don't anybody else. Did, did Louis start to really take off? When he talked about his kids. When he started talking about more personal matters. Well, when, well, he, yes, I think so. Because Louis used to be kind of a little bit more absurdist, yeah. a little bit more Attell-esque. They, I mean, not to say they were similar, but Louis was more of an absurdist kind of a yeah. comic. Yeah. And he became more of a personal comic, I think, when he started talking about his kids. Yeah. And he's saying his kids are assholes or whatever he was yeah. saying. Yeah. And I do think that that was a turning point for him. So I, I guess the analogy you're making is, could this be a turning point for Rachel? Well, we don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> gives me a lot. Rachel's always been personal. Of material. So it's not that Ra- Rachel's all of a sudden becoming personal. She's always been personal. But, but this specific no. world crashing into my world, I mean, you saw it at my wedding. I mean, it is just like hilarious. A lot of it has nothing to do with me. me. I mean, I got I got a good, nice chunk there when they came. I mean, just the fireman at the wedding. It was, I mean, it was just like my loud Jew comic friends being hilarious. And then like some fireman like grabbed the mic at the end of the night. He's like, Trump 2020, just like fell softly <laughs> into the carpet on his face. Like it was just a shit show, you know? And they're all over my house buying Bitcoin. We have a house because of Bitcoin. We bought a Bitcoin house. Like it's just so much shit going on. You made money in Bitcoin? That's how we bought a house because- Pete bought Bitcoin in like 2016 that we bought a house with. But there's always some guy over buying crypto from Pete, you know, talking about this is what the government doesn't want us to be doing right now. And I'm like, (laughs) you work for the government. You're a government (laughs) worker. (laughs) They're like, that's what I, they want you to think. (laughs) 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 Like, so it's a lot. Like I get a lot from all of the, they've given me a lot of material for sure. Uh, But before we go, Dan wanted to. I I just think uh, we should say a word about, uh, 
uh, Steve King, who was the head of security here at the mm-hmm. Comedy Cellar. He was the doorman. He, we've seen him, I mean, how long has he been here? 20 years? More. Tw- 20. Well, I've been seeing him for however long, you know, uh, sitting there. Very nice guy. Everybody loved him. And he died suddenly yesterday morning, November 1st, um, of causes, I guess, unknown. But um, And uh, they did a GoFundMe for him, which raised, I mean... A, I think they're at a hundred thousand dollars for his family. That's what I heard. Oh, I was at a hundred thousand dollars already, yeah, which is great. He was a, the funniest, loveliest guy. He was just always smiling. It's so insane that he's not going to be sitting there on that chair. I you know. know. He always puts his hand up like I'm yeah. not in. Does he do the same thing uh-huh. to you? Yeah. <laughs> he always blocks me from the door, like ah ah ah. You know, like I'm an audience member. He's just always silly, always in the best mood, playful, like you know, so proud of his kids. I mean, he's a true mensch. He's a, he was a true mensch. I can't believe it's like past tense. Well, uh, I mean, w- were you close to him, Noam? I know mean, he worked for you for many, many years. I don't know if you had a personal relationship. Yeah, with of him. course. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we were, we were close, but we had a, a, you know, more than a professional relationship. We had a personal relationship. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about these GoFundMe's generally as a way to? Why, why are you looking at me weird, <laughs> Rachel? No, nothing. I don't know. I mean, do you think this is the best way to go about, um, I don't know, you know, uh, helping the family or, 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 you know? Well, I I don't ever recall people raising $100,000 for families of people who died before GoFundMe. Pretty fast, pretty effective. So, so, um, yeah, I would say it's, I would say it's very good. And people, when people pass away, it leaves a host of sudden problems for families, you know, like practical problems that families are hard for them to think about when they're grieving. Used to be somebody would die, we'd have like a function right, would at people the ever- lobby memorial and yeah. we'd raise a few thousand dollars, but this this is a very good use of technology, it's GoFundMe. For- and comedians loved him so much, so yeah. it's a... Everybody loved him. Every, everybody this is a guy loved everybody him. loved. Yeah, you're right. He's a special guy. Everybody loved him. He's just a like um And some comedians were very generous. I don't want to say the names or not. I think there's even more to come. But well, I was not that generous. Uh, I uh, because I didn't know what to donate, and so I was well, one of the mo- early more. <laughs> What's that? If family listens to it. I feel like it's, I don't. <laughs> Dan, uh, that is the worst excuse for not being generous I've ever heard. I, I wanted to be, I but I don't know. I didn't know what. I didn't know what. I don't know what to do. So I, gave I didn't less. know. First of all, I didn't know. I didn't know what being generous meant in that context. For you know, well, somebody gave twenty five thousand. Yeah, but what? Who was that? You? No, I don't know who it was. I'm just saying somebody gave. Well, everybody 000. assumes it's pro, you. Pro, it's I you. thought it was you. <laughs> no, I. I, I well, you're I, known I, for being very generous. I'm not. I. I'm not. I'm not uh, donating to the GoFundMe. I'm doing mine on the side. Okay. Well, that's and yeah. But maybe that could have been your answer as to you know I asked you if GoFundMe was the best mechanism and and you said yes well, it was but now you're saying you're not using it. Well, that's I'm his employer. Mm-hmm. It's a different situation. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I well, have, but that's what I was yeah. wondering whether you think giving it directly to the family or oh, putting in. Some I don't think sort- that matters, but I'm saying that without the GoFundMe, right. this money wouldn't be raised. No, the GoFundMe is amazing. Right, but uh, but but if you have the. The no, opportunity just, to give directly whether it would be knowing where the money's going, putting in a fund. Who cares where the money's going? That's the, why is that for us to decide? Like, let the money go wherever. No, the- I have to. I had. I have. I had a situation where I gave a big chunk of change to something like this, and that money just got taken for and and just blown. Not at all for the helpful purpose that I had given it. And I resent it to this day, but that's so. so what there, was it? I don't know, but there there is something when when you when you um, give people 
uh, access to a, a big amount of money, they can be irresponsible with it. Okay, but that's your choice. If you, but also, where you're not giving it to no. the family, you're giving it to the director of the GoFundMe. You have to trust well, that person. We trust that person. But I'm saying, like, the idea of putting something in a fund or a, 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 a an annuity or whatever it is, this is not an unwise thing to do. It's pretty safe. But you know, it's I, not a new, like it's like Venmo. In terms it's not of, Bitcoin. In terms of the family. Yeah. That that step is pretty direct. But, um, you know, the family needs money up front, that's for sure. This is such a tragic story. It's hard for me to talk about, to tell you the truth. But, you know, I, I, it's fantastic that he got $100,000. But what I was saying earlier is because I was one of the first people to give, I didn't know what, I just didn't know what well, the you, amount. You can give twice. I did. You can you can go back and 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 okay, and uh, but but I I didn't know what. The, why are you covering your mouth? How do I know what the right amount to give is? It, it turned out I think Kanye has a song about this. <laughs> As it turns out, first of all, they got the hundred grand that they were looking for. If if I knew that they needed, <laughs> if I knew that they needed more money, Please, can you cut that out? No, no, I don't understand. You're making a mountain out of a, a big deal out of out of a rational question. What people gave, I'll tell you this. Yeah. The average comedian, the, 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 most yeah. com the most common <laughs> amount the comedian gave was $100. That's the most common amount. Did you go through all well, of them? Listen, listen one thing would, about Would you have just guessed that amount Dan, out, of the, out of thin air Dan, without knowing beforehand? Dan, one thing about yeah. our community. Yeah. There's people of wildly different means right. that all sit at the comedian table. There are... Hundred millionaires mm -hmm. sitting with people with no health insurance. Who, who uh, same people who are yeah who are scraping together rent. Mm -hmm. So you give what you you give what you can. That's yeah, I whatever you give it's meaningful it, based yeah. on what somebody can. People stretch it for things like that. So that's like a also you give based on your relationship with that. I mean, you could give right. You can give money to that. You can give money but, but to again, cancer. But you, you, you you nobody should judge where you want. If you have excess money to give to help people, right. Um, God forbid, the person that I love who died may not be your priority. That's none of anybody's business. You that know? is all true. Yeah, but but I still had to come up with a number that I felt was I you know could. So I? let me tell you this. Last night I uh, went. Uh, but in any case, last night I went to a fundraiser with Dara Godfrey Gilbert's um, wife, right? And there were people donating to this cause, and they were do donating it on their phone, and it was going um, on a big screen so everybody could see how much people donated. So some people were giving $3,600 and some people were giving $180. This is very Jewish. It's very Jewish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Jews, Jews, Jews given multiple of 18 yeah. for those of you who don't know. I'm impressed that Ariel knew these were multiple because, of 18. Because, <laughs> because it's considered good. 18 is a good luck in Judaism. But so Dara said that she wanted, Dara invited me to go with her. I was basically her date and she said that she really wanted to donate um, in Gilbert's name but she knew that he probably wouldn't have <laughs> Wanted her <laughs> to that, that is the funniest thing I've ever Because <laughs> he's so cheap. <laughs> so I said we should donate $1.80. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could donate all of Gilbert's shampoo. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying, it's, it's not about the amount of money. The fact that you thought to give is really, I think, what's important. I, my, I grandma, get... my grandma wrote a Schneider, um, one of the <laughs> sexiest women alive, and she was. <laughs> Um, she used to work for, she was Faye Dunaway's secretary and she would always give me her clothes. She would just steal. Faye from Dunaway? Away. Yeah. That's oh wait, kind it's of her sister, my aunt, Edith Schneider. Edith Schneider. Yeah. And That's I would always amazing. get something that used to be Faye Dunaway's. I That's amazing. <laughs> that and belonged to Faye. And I'm like, well then it wasn't really yours to give to me. <laughs> she would rewrap it for Hanukkah. The, um, all the cliche, cliche things are true. <coughs> you really do need to take care of your health. 
and um, you know, we've we've known, especially me, because I've between the musicians and uh, the comedians, I've known way too many people already in my lifetime who've who've dropped dead. Um, and I hate to say mostly mostly black men, but there is a commonality among all the people I've known who have died, and uh, it, one of them is really just not taking not not taking. Do you think not part heeding the, the the actual risk factors is it of that your the, life, is it know? that these people didn't have adequate health coverage or they yes, just were, were that, not or they just were not? Oh, uh, no, 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 there's no. so many other well, what, no, no. aspects that go into that. But no, in, in the cases that you've articulated, is it be, uh, is the issue health insurance or is the issue just non-compliance with doctors' orders? I, I would be surprised if it was health insurance in any of the situations. Well, wait a second. Th- I I know personally, and, and for for most of them, I know specifically that it wasn't. It was it was uh, not not res- being responsible. Well, don't you think that if your friend Wig had had adequate um, access refu- to health, take, like he, mental he, health. He, he refused to take his meds. But he also. But but he had, that's mental illness. I don't. You can't even judge it either way. But it wasn't because he didn't have access. <coughs> the government let him some, down. Another. There's way. also so many other complicated factors yeah. Yeah. and exhaustion and and family history and you know <coughs> balance of all those things that can affect your life. Work. Well, it's certainly yeah, not it's a it, bad idea to take care of your health. No, everybody should take no. care of their health. It's just such a complicated thing. People it's also are, a luxury to be able to take care of your health. Yeah, to that's some what I meant. Right? Like, yeah, hey, Rachel, Rachel, it says something very important. People are born with vulnerabilities. Yeah. People are. Some people are extremely overweight. Um, and that's not because they're lazy people. They they have a they have a propensity to be mm-hmm. huge, you know. And um, I mean, look at COVID. Look at the disparity you saw mm-hmm. there by but people's experiences. Some people were dancing with their families in matching outfits. Other people were on the yeah. street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what I'm saying is that we as humans, you know, you can look it up and you can read that. You know, based on your particular profile, you have a much higher risk of something happening to you. But people don't think it will happen to them. That's really what I'm saying. Like you have you have to yeah. respect, you know, your own statistical profile, and take that seriously. And we all think, I think, I'm never going to die. So I, I, I try to convince myself, no, you're going to die. I'm like, no, I'm never going to die. I'm like, that's good. I don't have a fear of death either. I'm worried more if people are mad at me than about dying. Well, I think Noam's going to go till in his 90s. I certainly hope so. I don't think about people like you don't fear it. I'm like, I mean, I know it's going to happen, but I'm wor- much more worried if somebody's mad at me. Yeah, I, that's I, what I think about in the weird hours of the night. I try not oh, no. to. Think, I don't. I just overanalyze a small <laughs> social exchange. <laughs> what did you say? You assume people are mad. At me? I know people are mad at me, and uh, <laughs> but the difference is he doesn't really care. I, I, I care, of course, I care, care. but nothing I can do about it. I can't help myself. But I really, <laughs> I really do not want to die. Like I really, I find it. I just find it intolerable. It's a hard thing to think about. Reincarnation is somewhat calming for me, or like that I could go be somebody else with another fun-loving life, but. I, <laughs> I don't like to. I don't care. Or you could be somebody else, but a horrible life. I mean, if you look at all the people that have ever walked the <laughs> earth, how many of them would you like to be? And the choices are quite limited. This is a perfect way to end this podcast. Good evening, friends. Look at all the people that have ever lived. And how many of those lives would, would, would you enjoy living in? No, that's why when everybody, anybody like, will like do like a past life or some sort of thing, you know, when everybody starts talking like that. I have a friend that's like into that stuff and she's like, 
you know, you were Joan of Arc. I'm like, what are the odds? I was, I was a serf. I was definitely a jester that was, was a whore. Trouble, probably. Yeah. Well, you, could have been, you, you could have been you could have been burned as a witch. You could have been <laughs> I was definitely would have been burned. Oh my God. I would have been burned every day for the shit I talk. I would you were a been, jester. They would have burned. You could have died and you could have just died at uh, you know, been stillborn. They would have passed been alive. For the things they used to burn women alive for, for I sure. definitely would have been burned. I would have been too. burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely would have been burned alive. That's well, a good may, idea maybe for that's a Halloween what, And that's probably why you married a firefighter, because in your past life you got burned at the stake. That is an even better way. <laughs> that's a great I'm idea sorry. for Halloween. Oh, my God. Burnt at the stake. <laughs> So we should just say, uh, Perry, Perry L went as a vagina for it Halloween. Horrible, horrible. I went as pro-choice. <laughs> well, it was a vagina. It was a vagina. <laughs> a vag. <laughs> but my my nine year old thought I was a hot dog. <laughs> How did you settle on being a vag for Halloween? And, and you think so I went as a penis? My nine year old thought I was a hot dog. No, I went as a vagina. My nine year old <laughs> well, thought I was a hot it dog. It looked like a hot dog like in a bun. With, with, uh, it and, and literally went. Oh, uh, ugh, 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 horrific. <laughs> You That's look horrific. sad too. You don't look happy about being a vagina. You have kind of a low grade depression expression. It was great. I wouldn't have known that was yeah, vagina. I, I, I would have known. Like a hot dog. It definitely looks like. I would have known because it's fucking Periel. <laughs> and everything she does is a vagina. Her, 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 um, that was a symbol for her comedy show. You vag centric, Periel? Just That's... don't tell me you modeled it on your own vagina. That's all. Oh my God. It was. It was a great costume because I. It was also, um, yeah. It felt like I could go around saying that I was pro-choice, which felt like, you know, I was happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Noam said that I could have easily been pro-life in that costume, and because people pro-life people like to have those big signs with smush babies on them. So it right. could be a smush baby on. Wasn't well, that like the vagina hat was a symbol of pro-choice, right? The pink hat. Yeah. Wasn't that oh, wait, put, it, put it back for a second, Nicole, because I, I realize what, what's throwing me off. What? You would think that the hole where the head is coming out of would be the vagina hole, because that's what, like, but that's not. So it's like, there's like, it, it's, right. it's I wouldn't think that. I would but, think that just so we could know that she could see across the street yeah, without getting hit. That would be hit. a fun way to do it, but it would be a trickier. You I, should have been coming out of the vagina hole. You know hole that there's more than be, one hole in a vagina, right? There's two, right? Or is it three? I'm just kidding. No, you two. should have been the, coming out of the birth canal. Okay. Um, birth canal would be the way the person would come out. You should be coming out of the birth canal. Wait, but where is the dead? Is it in the middle? Yeah, <laughs> in the know. middle. I should know. It should uh, be next year. It's going to be that with a hanger and a bloody baby head. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Well, I, I think you should just go with a nurse or a a, 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 a cat. <laughs> A Catholic schoolgirl. That was good. But but uh, I don't well, know why you Frankie's trying. downstairs, my daughter. I probably should. Oh, I want to go see Frankie. Uh, Nicole, any thoughts on the vagina costume? Um, I'm a fan. It did look like it was sort of falling apart, though. A little, a little bit. A little bit of a question. Well, well, she's not, not as young as she used to be. <laughs> the, the inner labia. <laughs> All right. Uh, podcast at ComedySally.com. She had a kid. For your suggestions, comments, critiques. Thank you, Rachel Feinstein. Rachel Feinstein. Rachel Feinstein, Feinstein at, I don't know. Rachel uh, Feinstein underscore is my is my Instagram, but you can go to rachel-feinstein.com. It's my website for my dates and stuff. All right. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All the firefighters out there, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs>